Welcome back. Hi, Chad. Hi, Valerie. How's it going? It's good. Good. I'm Chad. This is Valerie. Yeah. In case you didn't know. Yeah. I feel like sometimes we forget to introduce ourselves because we're having so much fun here, you know? Yeah. Or we're so sleep deprived and kooky. <laughs> we are a little kooky today. Also, if you're watching, you're probably laughing because we're wearing matching shirts, which is Inver- adorable. Wasn't yes. on purpose. No. But this I reminds me of it. Legend of the Hidden Temples, you know? <laughs> and, uh, uh, camp counselors, I think. Yeah, different, different factions here of the brownies and lemonade crew. How you doing? I'm good. I am happy because we had a really fun conversation today. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like we had Sokka come join us. Yes, and I'm so glad we did because I'll be totally honest. I wasn't super familiar with him before we started talking about having him come on, and I feel like we got to talk about some really cool things. Yeah, we yeah. covered a lot of bases here that I wanted to cover, you know. Yeah. Um, with our guests, we like to get personal. We also like to talk about music like nerds. Of course. So there's plenty of that. Yeah. But he talked a lot about growing up in a different environment mm-hmm. um, as someone who was born in Hong Kong, grew up there, mm-hmm. but also lived in San Francisco and was an expat, uh, American expat in Hong Kong. Also. Yeah. Went Be, back and forth yeah. a lot as well and how that has influenced his music taste as well, which yes. is really cool. I always appreciate learning about where people come from and especially when their perspectives are really different because I feel like that's when you get the most interesting music. Yeah. And I think that's definitely the case with him. 100%. Yeah. But um, it was great because, I mean, look, we can we can have guests like him kind of come in and just talk about music mm-hmm. and he breaks it down in this Which episode. Which is very interesting. The yeah. music alone is very interesting. Yeah. You might have to Google a handful of the artists that he mentions or, you know, add yeah. them to Spotify because, you know, he goes pretty deep on a lot of his influences and stuff. Yeah. But also, hey, we chopped it up about anime and about kind of our experiences growing up here in California. Being Asian American. Yes. Yeah. Which and, I love and appreciate. Yeah. And it was great. And, um, you know, I... I really enjoy these kinds of episodes where we can kind of just get a little loose. Yeah, exactly. We're getting comfy. We're getting cozy. But... You know, the less sleep we get, the better. <laughs> the funnier the we funnier are. We are. <laughs> I think I'm funny sometimes when I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> but... uh, we'll have you guys be the judge on if it's funny or not. If it's not, um, don't say anything. Yeah, the poll goes, yes, you're funny, and yes, you're funny. Those are the only two options, so just remember that. The second one. Uh, but yeah, this is our talk with Sokka, and we hope you enjoy We will address that we are matching, and I love it. He yeah, you could be Mrs. Brownie's, you okay. could be Mr. Lemonade. <laughs> no, you know what it is? I got it. I figured out what it is. We both were summer camp counselors, but from different troops. Wait, were you really? No, that's what it looks like. <laughs> Oh my god, I feel like I'm going crazy. <laughs> this, is a good, this is a good way to start. Sorry. I'm Team Brownie. Is your team lemonade? So we're both wearing the same shirt, Val and I, for those of you I not watching him on YouTube. I for my team. <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Like, wow. I think with Sokka, you get a little bit more of that strength. Yeah, were you, you know? did you ever play sports at all? I did, actually. I you played did. lacrosse. Lacrosse? There you go. Okay. But that's speed that? and strength. Where was this, in high school? Yes, yeah, in Virginia. Virginia, yeah. Oh. So I was going to say this because it is yeah. not a very West Coast thing. No, it's no. not. It's very a very, very Virginia thing. thing. Actually, yeah. the kids who played it on the West Coast were like cooler. They're like stoner kids who played yeah. it in like Washington, I feel like. Yeah. Nice. And it's not the culture in Virginia. Is it it's like, like very serious? Yeah, it's very racist. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was the only Asian kid, like I for that. sure. Yeah. yeah, it was like leagues yeah. of white boys with like lettuce. You know what I mean? The lettuce. Lettuce? Yeah. What does that mean? Literally, this haircut now. Honestly, <laughs> I'm very befitting. He was of influenced my by full circle. Wow. Yeah, full circle. Very full Fuck. circle of you. And I'm making dubstep now. So yeah. <laughs> How far you've come? How far you've come? I'm pretty sure most of the people in team probably went to like insurance or something. So wow. Yeah, I mean it. It is a cool sport, but it definitely when you're, you know, Scary. when you're a West Coast boy like me, I just didn't grow up around it. So I don't, I still don't really understand it. Now, yeah. there are schools that have programs. I know like Harvard Westlake and Malibu, like these are, they have lacrosse programs that yeah. people, get you naming schools that have lacrosse programs. <laughs> just the bougie I know. Ones. Yeah, the bougie ones. Oh, I know all about <laughs> yeah, the CIF, yeah, exactly. Val. Yeah. Uh, did you play sports, Val? I did, um, well, I danced growing up and then I did track and field for a little bit. And I was pretty fast, honestly, but I could only do short distance sprinting. I can't do long distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. short distance. Yeah. Definitely water polo or swimming is what you want to do. Oh. Uh, those are yeah, the kids that were cut. Did you do cut. those? Yeah. Well, so I went I to- see you being a swimmer. No, 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 no. I feel like you played sports. Basketball. Only basketball. Oh, basketball. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a hooper. Not in the water. I still hoop. I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> neither uh, of us had anything to say about that. Let me just go like, ahead okay. and crack a. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I hoop. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, balls life. Yeah, balls life. Um, no, uh, I went to a very small private school in Calabasas. Mm-hmm. Very. That's bougie. Very, too. very. Yeah, well, we the got tuition. So- team SoCal, Team NorCal. Yeah, Team NorCal. Yeah. yeah. Again, once we again, we both transplanted too. Team. So yeah, we're in the L actually. <laughs> I keep going. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. We'll get to that. But yeah, uh, you Bayesians. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I told him on the text. I was like, Val's. He's like, oh, a Bayesian. So, I'm a fake Bayesian. I'm from Davis. So you're still a ba- Thank you. Davis Thank Asians you. are, are ba- Bayesian. I listen. Well, I was born in Vallejo. Oh, you're for so sure. I am, you I are am like you're a, Vallejo Dray. is like peak. Yeah, like I am peak like Bayesian. peak Bay Area. Me and Mac Dre have so much in common, sure. obviously. So. What about you, Jen? What blue face? <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Chad? Continue Sorry. on. Sorry. I so rudely interrupted <laughs> this you. Is, now you've set me up because this was not a very good thing I was about to say. <laughs> no. I was going to say that the kids on the swim team in high school oh, no. were like a lot of them were really nerdy. Yeah. But that was like the sport that they chose. But they were ripped. Like they got ripped. Like ripped nerds. Like the only kids that I saw that had like a six or eight pack were like. Swimmers. Yeah. And I was like, damn. You know, because like that was like the thing when you're in high school, you're like, man, if I got a six pack though, that's how you know you're in shape. You know, that was like the 2000s when like. Everyone was about like you just had to have abs. Yeah, everyone if you had was, abs, everyone was shit. skinny. <laughs> everyone was skinny in the two thousand. Like, man, I should join the swim team. Like, yeah, bro. Yeah, I feel like people are like way more in shape now. Like, yeah, see, now everyone's like modded. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. like learn how to get ripped on TikTok. And yes. just, like, yeah. Well, he's also spent a little too much time in LA. People just like look really different yeah, here. Everyone's just like, no, but Val, every, they have all the tools now. We had none what? of the tools. Yeah. What are tools? Like, well, like gym tools or plastic? Yeah, life tools? hacks. <laughs> All of it, all supplements, the past everything. four or five years in terms of information explosion, it's insane, that's and it's true. all condensed into the most simple. Yeah, that's true. Into the most simple form. Oh, that's totally. Like late true. stage educational resources on mm-hmm. the internet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Say more. I like that. You said that very well. Uh, I like that. No, but it's uh, it's true because yeah, anything you want to do, it it look anything yeah. is optimized. What do, what do you guys feel like you've learned in this age of optimized learning? I think I'm a boomer. 
I feel like I'm just like, <laughs> like I that is not true. Anything. You're There's, so tapped in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's tapped in or it's fried. <laughs> and then the like overwhelmed by information tribute. yeah there's a lot of well like true. think about it like anything yeah. right so like for instance um okay I'll, I'll say like something like tetris right like i'm really into tetris <laughs> yeah this is well documented yeah but there was like this classic tetris gaming scene and like it was mainly boomers it was mainly like older dudes gen x guys who like played the original nes tetris yeah. and there was like a limit that you could get to physically by the game and you would have to read books or like someone would tell you. But now because of the wealth of information, there's like literally 16 year old kids that have broken the game and are like like doing inputs faster than oh they thought gosh. was humanly possible. Whoa. So like they're pushing it past like what people thought was possible by human beings. And it's just ever. information exchange. Wow. So yeah, so it's, cr- it's crazy. That's just one thing. But like you're saying like with working out, that like you can get the ultimate perfect form for yeah. anything, supplements, yeah. all of it. So I'm kind of jealous that kids have this much growing up. try hards. Yeah. I'm like, dude, stop trying so hard. It's <laughs> weird. Everyone needs to <laughs> relax. Down. I'm in my big relax area. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so, Can we just to... all fucking relax? <laughs> yeah, because it's crazy that these kids are like world champions and they're like 14. I'm like, dude, just like. I'm like, get a life. <laughs> yeah, you're 14. <laughs> it's like. Go to the go to the mall. Yeah, go to the go mall. to the mall. We were wasting Have your mom away our drop lives you off at the mall. Go, yeah, seriously, walk around like for five times around the mall. Yeah, go get a pretzel at the mall. <laughs> I think I just wanted to be Danny Phantom and like hook up a Danny? shigo when I was like, <laughs> Whoa, yeah, okay, yeah, you know that was mean? a valid. Danny Phantom was like a was like a, 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 a yeah, sure. That's so ben 10. funny. <laughs> I oh, I, I just want to give a proper intro to the homie Saka who showed up. Thank you for coming through. Yeah. Well, we're we're feeling silly, and you're kind of when three Asians are on the podcast. That's right, that's like right. We're always a little yeah. silly. When... I know, Glenn, when he came yeah. in, we were just, it was immediate, yeah. immediate chopping it up. We're just immediate. Um, but yo, thanks for coming through. And... California Asians. Yeah. <laughs> we're yes. supreme, honestly. Yes, we are the supreme. AAA well, guy. last time, last time it was... Get <laughs> an Asian American. See... <laughs> And then A plus. No, see, I see what's happening. You two are kind of. I get it now. This is what happened with me and Glenn. We start talking about L A. and we're like, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Val was kind of over here. We got camaraderie. It's this seat. Yeah. It's like this seat. I'm over <laughs> here on the left. Just leave. Just get up and go. Oh my god. No, but we're happy to have you. Yeah. I'm excited to talk to you because I feel like there's so many fun things. We've already talked about a couple of them. Yeah. So yeah. maybe take us back to the beginning of time. Where were you actually born and where did you grow up? Because we've now placed you in Virginia and the Bay Area at okay, some point. Yeah, in life. I was born in Hong Kong. Okay. And then I grew up there and that was like my main experience. Mm. So, how old? I was about four when I first left. So, I was the only okay. kid out of all my siblings to be born in Hong Kong. Okay. So, my parents weren't, they were in the Bay at first. Mm. Mm-hmm. My dad's like, holy shit, I got a third kid. I have to go. <laughs> It's like, where'd this one come from? I have to, like, you know, switch things up. Because he was a very, like, he was a pro bono, like, lawyer, pretty much. Yeah. And he would do a lot of, like, nonprofit stuff. And he was, like, very involved in, like, immigrant rights. Just, like, Mm. bleeding heart liberal guy. But as soon as I popped the picture, he's like, holy shit, I got three kids. Like, (laughs) I can't be doing this. That's dope. He goes to Hong Kong and, like, you know, tries to, like, start his own business. And, yeah, I was there. Nice. Nice. So, I, I personally love Hong Kong a lot. Um... Does that feel like home, like yeah. like more so than in the U.S.? I mean, no, in the sense that I definitely feel more comfortable engaging in people who are just like, I think just different from me. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, I guess people are pretty different from me too, but not yeah. to be like reductive. But well, I think culturally it's, like, it's so different. It's so unique. Yeah, That's yeah, why I, I yeah. was asking. It's, it's so random here, which I love. Like as mm-hmm. long as someone's like from a very different 
sort of story for me and somehow we've ended up in the same place. Like yeah. I find that fucking fascinating. Hmm. But I think like the thing about Hong Kong is like it's this perfect like little where East first kind of met West type mm-hmm. vibe, yeah. which I really liked. And I feel like I just grew up around a lot of multiculturalism, which I really appreciated. Yeah. yeah. But I think I was still kind of in a bubble because my parents were very American and I was like in an American expat kind of bubble, mm-hmm. which also meant that I had like, you know, a lot of friends in Tokyo or in Taiwan. And like, mm. there was like that whole like, Asian international expat community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's actually a huge thing, though, because mm-hmm. um, I took Mandarin Chinese in high school, and my Chinese teacher actually was a teacher in Hong Kong for a while at CIS. Oh, cool. Yeah. I have a lot of friends who went there. Yeah. yeah. So I, when we went to Hong Kong, we visited CIS, and then all the kids there speak three languages. Mm-hmm. They speak Cantonese, Mandarin, and English yeah. really well. Mm-hmm. Most of them speak three, three languages. My Mandarin's awful. <laughs> it's so <laughs> okay. bad. I could. No, no. My Guangdong Hua is way better. Okay, cool. Wow, look at all of us. I'm so proud. We're so tear. But uh, I was like, damn. Like, uh, we're just all such a Japanese. <laughs> but yeah, like Hong Kong, it's just like, I always, I was like, it must be so cool to grow up here because that exchange. Yeah. Like, I like, I, Maybe being a hybrid myself, I like fusions of cultures, but mm-hmm. but that felt like a very, like not very forced. Like it's bit, like you said, it was the first kind of East meets West culture. It's, like its own little culture. I right. think we like always try and categorize it because obviously Asia is huge, West is huge, but like it's just its own little melting pot in a yeah. way. Right? It's like post-colonial. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Asian. For sure. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, but what? But once. The, once uh, the UK kind of once England kind of like moved out, you know, it, it, there's definitely this post kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's still very identity. UK. I think that's what informed my like music taste really young because there wasn't like EDM and it's the EDM that Hong Kong got was like whatever vestige would eventually get there from like the West. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be sometimes like more ultra vibes, you know what I mean? Like Big yeah. Room House and stuff and like Vici. But I think a lot of it was also like really cutty sound boy, like. Mm. like jungle and shit and like yeah. I remember being like 14 and going to like this club called XXX and I was 14 so I was very yeah. <laughs> I was Whoa. definitely I was definitely <laughs> underage but it's it was called XXX and they would like hire like like when I first met Gove from Ivy Lab he, he goes by Saber mm-hmm. and he like DJed there when I was like 15 or so <laughs> he was like probably my age like Aww. DJing to like <laughs> a bunch of underage kids going crazy to like jungle and drum and bass you know wow. and, like that's pretty cool. Um, but that was like a lot of what I, I mean, that's like the Yeti Out crew, if you've heard of them. Um, uh, no, I, I'm not familiar. They're like, they kind of do like fashion shows and, and shit, I think now, but they kind of like more so put out like juke and like footwork and like kind of the weirder side of stuff. And that was cool. always like more present in Hong Kong than like, like you would get the ultra, it would come in once in a while, you know what I mean? Yeah, or like yeah. really big acts and they would just immediately sell like thousands and thousands of tickets because mm. Asians are pretty loyal. They're pretty like yeah. down, down for the cause, you know. Yeah, <laughs> down to go to an event and have fun. Yeah, that's what I was mentioning to her that they're like, you know, th- there was all these like OG uh, Asian ravers who were like in their fifties when I first started going to these clubs, and I'm like, no, oh, I LA. think they've been doing so, this yeah. for a minute, way longer than like us. They just like partying. They yeah. love, it. love and they partying. Get, they love tables. They love they love drinking. You yeah, know, I don't know. They do. <laughs> this is something that we've identified. I and I, I can say this for a fact, but like. There were the Im- the Asian immigrants who like grew up probably with more of like the dance culture, and like but like in Asian American culture, it was not 
like a thing. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden in the like mid 20, like early 2010s, mid 2010s, it became. Yeah, there was this race. huge boom. Yeah, yes. it was like yeah. the SoCal Asian. There's a Porter Robinson or, effect. I think so. so you really effect. think, Yeah, we mentioned him almost every podcast, is, is really that, it was worlds, huh? I think if you're a California Asian Southern and you California went to like, as, and especially if you went to Coachella that one year when worlds like, yeah. And you saw that, like you just your life was changed. Yeah. Like yeah. no well, matter how hipster or how like left field you are, like yeah. that changed like a lot. Yeah. I, I actually have yeah. so like, many thoughts on the Asian American and dance music relationship. Cause it is such a thing. And I have a theory that it's because a lot of Asians don't grow up with like a really strong musical influence in their families, right? Like you kind of hear about your friends who are like American, white Americans, and they're like, oh, my, my parents listened to all these bands growing up and they really influenced me. I grew up in a household that my parents liked music, but they weren't like music people. So I feel like I only really became a music fan when I started going to shows like that and like yeah. finding it for myself. What about the stereotype though that Asians like all have to play an instrument going? Well, we're all forced. Definitely, you're all for, and that's an interesting (laughs) thing, right? It's like you're forced to play an instrument, so you're like exposed to music and like the creative side of music. Not everyone goes in that direction, but you kind of understand it. But then you don't have like your influences to fall on, so I feel like you're in that moldable creative age where you're like looking for stuff like that, teenage years, and then you maybe find some dance music. You're like, this is cool, and then like your other friends want to go. Yeah, I think especially when you're second gen, right? Because like you're, you're maybe your parents' influences were like specifically i don't know to whatever native country they're originally mm-hmm. from and like it's hard when you grow up as a kid in america yeah right. so, so like attach those same i think that's why so many asian people like cling on to hip-hop too though mm-hmm. like the, it's like both of these newer you know like you see way more asian people with that than at a metal show or like a yeah. well i think yeah. hip-hop was the original thing that asian people gravitated towards because like when b-boying so, yeah exactly <laughs> <That one's good. laughs> well again then that's why we said because it's 50 years old mm-hmm. it's like you go to japan and like They've had their own hip hop scene for you know half as long, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Bape and and New Jibbies and like all those mm-hmm. like that's been there, you know. Hip hop, you know, they have their own like they have their own like lowrider Chicano culture. Yeah, subset yeah, in yeah. Japan. I've never yeah, seen that, do. but yeah. so like that that that's but the dance music thing like we're talking about. I definitely noticed it. I mean, I even said it like years ago. I was like, I think Porter Robinson's the biggest Asian American DJ. You know, because <laughs> I think Elenium would like to have some words. With you. <laughs> no, come on now. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but uh, uh, I think I think Porter Robinson was that inflection point, and then you got like Dabin, and you got a lot of these artists now who I think represent this the community authentically, like on on their terms, like they came from mm. the world's kind of thing. You know, but mm. I did think that there there wasn't that representation for that the SoCal Asian EDM community for and it's crazy because like and NorCal too and it's weird like California like they they support each other so Mm. strongly you know I don't know if you also see like a lot of you know people who follow you mainly because like they love that you're like putting on you know I think I think I have some of that but honestly I feel like most of my fans are like white people yeah (laughs) (laughs) I think I think they like like that I'm like oh it's It's because you got the lettuce yeah (laughs) You see the lax flow, like this guy. This guy gets it. Oh my god! <laughs> I just tried to dip snap, by the way. Yeah, that was cool. That, that was really get all the way there, but we, saw it. Good. we yeah. saw it. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. Oh my god! There we go. Did we get that on camera? Okay. All right. Wait. 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 We got a little off track because I still want to know more about your. We went so off track. We Actually, went so off track. I, I love it. I never said that. I when I was four, I went back to the bay. That's what I was. Yeah. Well, four. Okay. Well, that's what I was gonna ask you. But then you went back and forth. Yeah. So I went back and forth. So. Cool. Yeah. 
family situation was kind of I, I was in I was in the Bay during summers and then mm-hmm. I'd go back to Hong Kong and then SARS happened I was in the Bay again for a couple of years and I Got was it. in Hong Kong okay. so I was kind of like but at that age I hated Hong Kong mm. I remember because I was just like I think America to me at the time especially growing up as a kid it just rep- represented like so much more freedom to do what I wanted mm. and I guess like I was such like a city kid in Hong Kong where it was like I didn't there was just so much pressure. It's 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 very different. I feel like my Bay Area friends growing up, they were like skaters and like smoked weed and like just hung out. You know what I mean? There was no like pressure to be anything. And in Hong Kong, it was like so much. It was like a tiny village of like being perceived for me. I was yeah. like, fuck, like I got to make sure I'm doing this right. Because like otherwise my parents, like it was such a parental like back and forth and like not, I didn't feel very um, free at the time. And, yeah. But as I got older, it, like, became a better experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think when I was a kid, it can feel like a gilded cage sometimes being in, like, I just, this, this is just, like, my, my take on East Asian yeah. culture. I think a lot of it is very repressive. I think it can, sure. it, it, it can really, like, and I think that's kind of, that kind of ties into your point about, yeah. like, why we like electronic music so much. Yes. It's this new thing, and, like, it's so new that, like, I think it represents represents like a shift away from like traditionality, maybe, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what I don't know. And it's a good and bad thing, right? Because you have like generations of like people who are really fucking good at one thing, just passing it down over and over again, and it mm-hmm. results in like you know it's great for society, but like for the individual, it's kind of like like I don't think I could ever do this if I wasn't Americanized too, or yeah. like want to do this even in my life. It's like. Yeah. I'm gonna be making <laughs> sounds in Ableton that I think sound cool, and then I'm like, "Cool, I'm gonna try yeah. and make this a job." Like, yeah, 100. I feel it's like fucking random. I yeah. would assume also that you having both of those experiences made you appreciate this side even more. Yeah, you saw how it could be. You're like, I could be, you know, chained to a desk yeah. doing homework yeah. all the time, or I could be diddling around on my computer yeah. and making fun sounds. So, yeah. when did that? Because it sounds like you were already exposed to music pretty early on. Like, if you were clubbing at 14. How did that also like? How did you fi- like find the music? Was it like, was it your parents or was it your friends? Well, my my parents are definitely really into music. My dad was very into like the Beatles and like um, just a lot of like more classic mm-hmm. rock. Um, and he was kind of a hippie in certain ways because I mean, dude is a very liberal guy, so <laughs> it makes sense. It's all like on brand. Yeah. My mom, she was always a singer, so she oh, was cool. like when she was in San Francisco, she would like sing at bars and like I think she went on tour once actually what kind of singing um mostly like old Taiwanese like wow yeah that's awesome and that's she knows so she knows cool. a few Japanese ones too from my grandma so yeah it's a cool like I don't know she she's she's amazing she's yeah. she's honestly like so you're you're mixed yeah 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 um that's awesome a quarter but quarter yeah. yeah hey I'm like you guys had me I'm your baby it's like we're <laughs> Well, you know, there's a little bit no of... No white, though. There's a little white in here. In there. <laughs> no that's, the, that's the Hong Kong part. Um, but I feel like a lot of people in Hong Kong are. Like, I feel like that yeah. was, like... Oh, yeah. So normal there. And I, I feel like I actually felt more normal about it when I was in, in Hong Kong. People in, like, America mm-hmm. just wouldn't get it. They'd be like, oh, you're Asian. Yeah, yeah. And that You're was like, just oh, most of the people yeah, I met but... from Hong Kong, especially the expats, were Hapa. They're, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. mixed. Yeah, so, so many, I mean, so many mixed friends. It, it, yeah, it's interesting that you were talking about, like, the expectation... Uh, from East Asian parents or culture, but like mm-hmm. you're Americanized, you can have a little bit more leeway, you know? Cause it just, yeah, it, it made me think of like crazy rich Asians when I was watching that movie on a plane on my 
on my way to a DJ gig, and I was kind of like thinking about like, wow, I kind of like I kind of agree with Michelle Yeoh that it's more about family and passing down something so it's stable, like the household mm-hmm. is stable. And you got Constance Wu over here who's like doing improv or like you know like teaching <laughs> a class about <laughs> poker or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you know, pursuing one's self interest. You know, that's the the dichot- like that's the 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 two opposing forces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. I pursued my self-interest and have done pretty well, but now as because I've done that, now I'm looking at the other side. I'm like, I kind of, kind of vibe with no, that that's, stability I, thing. No, I totally you know? feel that because yeah. like, do you have siblings? No. Do you have siblings? No. I've like a bunch of older sisters. Yeah. But my oldest sister is like, she fucking nailed everything. You know what <laughs> She's I mean? Like, stable, varsity older. athlete. Well, like, that's very older like, sibling of her. Yeah, just like is killing it like yeah. PR director and like I'm like whoa <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely like a range you yeah. know what I mean yeah yeah, um, yeah so how did your because it sounds like your parents are pretty creatively minded and like mm-hmm. open to something like you pursuing a music career um no, no? Okay. <laughs> not not originally I yeah. mean uh I would say that like it, it's been a constant foot in the door and then yeah. I just have pushed the barometer well I didn't even know for myself yeah. For a long time. Because I, right. I was, I think I was scared to like jump into it, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I think I wanted to be, there's a part of me that's very practical for sure. Yeah. Part of it is also like, I didn't want to fail. You know what I mean? I was yeah. so scared of that, that it was like, if I don't ever fully commit to being like, no, I want this for real, then I won't ever be in a position to be like, oh, I'm not doing as well as I could be. Because mm-hmm. I always be protected by my, my ego would always be protected. I'd be like, oh, I'm not actually trying hard enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right. But I think it just became this thing where I got more and more addicted. And I was like, I literally need to make this my thing. And now it's like, yeah. I think that's one of the only things I'm capable of is like, yeah, <laughs> like being pretty good at Ableton. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So when did, yeah. So when did your like interest in music turn into trying to make your own? Um, okay. So growing up, my mom was like, you have to play piano. And I started playing piano at like four. By the time I was six, I was like, I fucking hate piano. (laughs) I don't want to play piano. (laughs) My mom's like, okay, you can switch instruments. And I'm like, okay, what are my options? She's like, flute, (laughs) violin. And she's like, or you can do saxophone. And I was like, oh, I'm for sure doing saxophone out of those those (laughs) options. So that was like my, I was definitely very much so like pushed to like excel at that. My mom, because I think she just wanted me to like have a lexicon of musicality. Yeah. But when it came, like, to being an adult and, like, making beats and, like, DJing in college, mm-hmm. she was just like, what is this? Like, <laughs> not that she didn't support me, but she was just like, oh, this is, like, a fun thing you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then when I started working in tech, you know, I was like, hey, I don't think I like this. And they're <laughs> like, what? Like, <laughs> your whole life yeah. we've been, like, trying to get you to, like, yes. figure out something so you yeah. can just, like, survive. You know what I mean? And, yeah. like, yeah. I think for an Asian parent, especially when they're, like, my mom is more so first gen. My dad is like, my dad's side of the family has been, like, been in America forever. Mm-hmm. But for my mom, she's a little more traditional. I think she was like, um, I don't know if this is a good idea, yeah. you know? Because I think she also had a certain experience. Sorry, mom, if you hear this. <laughs> but I think she had a certain experience being a musician where she didn't feel like um, she had certain opportunities. Yeah. And I think she felt like it was a huge waste of her time. Mm. So she was like, oh, like, I don't want you to experience the same thing I did like I could have been working like way before that you know yeah and Um, also quickly I think that that's the kind of the irony is that like your parents don't want you to go through that but like they also they also got to try it Mm -hmm. you know Mm. it's like it's like like my my dad once told me like don't do 
you know, psychedelic drugs. And then I was like, okay, well, is that because you probably did them and you didn't have a great experience and you don't want me to try it? But like, I got to, but I want to try it. Or so, deny. And then I, and then you try them and then you're like, okay, don't do psychedelic drugs because <laughs> you may have a bad time. You know, it's like, it's yeah, like yeah, but absolutely. you got to try it. So yeah, it's like, yeah. why can't I, you know, and I think that's. Well, they're just trying to protect you, right? Because when you get yeah. older, you do get a little bit more conservative, at least in that, in that way, in that outlook where it's like, yeah. I would imagine, especially when you have kids, for sure, what that's yeah. going to do to your psyche. So anyway, that yeah. was kind of, yeah. I can see that. She went through this not great experience. She's like, don't, maybe don't do that. Yeah. But ultimately she was a creative, you know, and yeah. an yeah. artist to some degree. So. They all, they both support the shit out of me now. Yeah. I think, I think once I got to a certain point, you know, um, I brought them out to like the Mirage show I played with Slander like a year and a half ago. Really? Yeah. And I think that was like, they're like, okay. Like, there's something. They're like, there are people here are people who are here. coming to see you. And yeah. they're like, I get it. I think it. them witnessing people be like, oh, like, dude, I love your music. You know, just Aww. seeing those little interactions. They're like, okay, yeah. there's something, like, there. Yeah. Um, Definitely. So it also yeah. sounds like, you know, you know, you said you were, there's something within you that's practical. And mm-hmm. you mentioned you had a job in tech for a while. So how long did that era last for you? Um, <laughs> as, long, <laughs> as long as it took me to get 25K and then go back. <laughs> Got it. Hey, practical, you know? He set um, a goal and then you reached it and you're like, I'm done. <laughs> it was like it was like a year and a half, two years. I mean, I, I was like a UX designer. Mm-hmm. And I think on paper, I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I think when it came actually game time to like do it, mm. I just felt like yeah. such a pixel pusher. Like I was just like, oh, I'm just doing this very tiny. I was making like 200 buttons in a week. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, okay, actually, we don't like any of these buttons. And I was like, thank you. Well. <laughs> Great. Thanks. I'm so happy my impact is yeah. so high. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, it was definitely like the money is very stable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in life in general, like I'm just into like the randomness, which is why like I think, I don't know, this is the one, one of my favorite things to do for sure. Like I wouldn't anticipate being on a podcast with two lovely with Asian Americans right now. <laughs> well, well hey, we like the that. randomness too. Yeah. Because we, I do think things are a little too buttoned up sometimes in yeah. dance music or dance music is such a hard thing to kind of qualify because I feel like you're you you like to live on on the edge and the fringe you know mm. whereas like you know when we talk to certain other DJs it's the whole thing is calculated and clean and and make sure it's you know presented well and that just kind of seems to be the kind of goes against what you're trying to do you're trying to just kind yeah. of shake it up right? I feel like I, I explore a lot for sure I mean I feel like my sound has not been there's certain things I feel like I get kind of known for stylistically and then I kind of just like rotate and like, mm. but I feel like it's, it's, there's still like a, there's like a method to the madness. I feel like this is a topic that comes up a lot with a lot of artists that we've had on because everyone goes through a phase, right? Of like when you decide to do something crazy, like a music career, like there is an element of like, you kind of have to be a little delusional to do it. Oh, to yeah. be like, Delulu. I'm going to make it. Delulu. I'm going to yeah. do it. <laughs> you gotta be Delulu. <laughs> and I, yeah, a little Delulu. But I feel like, because I, I relate a lot to what you're saying, where like I feel a part of me is creative, a part of me is really practical. So I yeah. feel like I fight that a lot where you want stability, but then you also Dude, want to. We're the d- definition of duality. We're Asian American. We're <laughs> yeah. East, East, West. We're dualities exactly. in every type of way. We are disorder and like yeah. order and like, yeah. yeah. That's a great way to put it. But yeah, I'm curious because like when you were going into your job that you then realized that you hated, did you know that you. 
like, did you see it as like, okay, this is where I'm going to go? Or did you know that it was like a means to an end? No, I thought, I think, I think I thought in the beginning, I was like very wowed by it. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm going to build something that people like. And yeah. like, I'm going to really like Stable. find, uh, you know, like an interest in this. And I think mm. when I got there, I was kind of just like, what are we building? And mm. why are we building this? And like, I don't know, straight up, I'm going to insult tech. <laughs> 99% of that shit, I'm like, what are you doing? It's billionaires throwing money at the fucking wall. They're just like, all right, let's just yeah. give 600K to a team with three kids fresh out of college who have no idea. But they have a pretty good idea, though. Mm-hmm. But they have no idea what they're actually doing. In yeah. Terms of, yeah. And then, then eventually they slowly siphon them off the product and then mm-hmm. the product actually, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yes. know. It's a crazy game. Of Do like, you think startup culture is still as crazy as it was like 10 years ago? No. And I will say, I think... Yeah. Recently, especially with the tech crashes happening, yeah. um, definitely not so, not 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 as much so. But I think it's still very prevalent. Like I think tech and finance are still the two. Like, you know, if you're looking for like bang for your buck, you know what I mean? <laughs> Literally, like yeah. those two are probably the most profitable. Like I mean, dude, imagine being a doctor. That's so much thankless work. Yes. For like the same pay. Yes. Like you're right. you're you're and waking you're up working and, and you're working throwing your whole life into that so job. hard. Yeah. And helping people. Yeah. And you're getting less than a hedge fund manager. Yeah. 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 That's a great point. But then, so you make this decision and you're like, music it is. Um, It was definitely like, I'm going to go to, I just want to get as good as I can at making music. I was yeah. very like, I got, I was, you say I'm a fringe now, but I would say I'm like kind of more so on my dance floor. I think at the time I was like very into like specifically like neuro Mm-hmm. And neuro is essentially just like Cohen sound noise. You have babies. You know, I like making... I like being you know left of center. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 which um, I think is more popular now than it ever was before. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, I think I, I think it was comparatively to even slander. You know, I'm yeah. sure some people yeah, in the crowd were true. like, "Oh, this is yeah." yeah. This is, this is I think different. that's I think that's the interesting thing about bass music actually. And I guess we can go into this. Yeah. when we talk about music more. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with house and four on the floor, it took so long for it to develop into what it is now because if you think about like all things considered tech house is actually a very stripped down version of like what house was Mm -hmm. yeah like big room house like was so there's so much more happening Mm. and like i think as these genres kind of like get older and like mature the sonics that are popular start to change because like it just gets a little more i don't know left leaning Mm -hmm. i think people gotta try something different like i mean skrillex's new pivot is working out really really well for him and honestly so many of his tracks i'm like i could have some of my friends could have made this for sure yeah yeah well like, that's sometimes all it takes is or... like <laughs> oh totally it's yeah a very... pioneer i mean like a pioneer in that sense is not necessarily always the most like technically skilled it's just someone who's willing to try something different mm-hmm. and then when it finds the right audience then it's like okay cool and that's when everyone else starts doing something similar right yeah well yeah. it's like it's when it was very obvious, like, when I, I saw Skrillex play for five hours and he went through his entire catalog, like, the maximalism of, like, rock and roll will take you to the mountain, and then you go to, like, Fine Day Anthem now. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, the, it could have been, like, two different, you know, worlds. That, yeah, like, totally. Completely. Like, and, <clears throat> and it's like what you're saying, you start perfecting that minimalism or, mm-hmm. like, the art of restraint. Yeah. I know? mean, I think a lot of people are threatened in a way, like... When I first heard the like Quest for Fire, mm-hmm. like I was kind of threatened. I was like, "Fuck, this guy's doing exactly mm. what." Like, especially with tears, I was like, "Dude, 
this guy is doing exactly what I've been trying to do for like mm. years and he's fucking Skrillex. I'm like, this is bad. Like, <laughs> but then I realized it, it all feeds, it's an ecosystem, right? Yeah. So like, because he's coming over and doing his thing, like people like Turning in Sound or like, I don't know, some people who are like more so in that space of like deeper dubstep, I would say. Like, I think this is going to be good. I'm in, I'm kind of like delusional optimistic nihilist you know i think a lot of people in dance music are exactly be. that <laughs> yeah um yeah but i think yeah i think i think it's gonna lead to like this whole wave of like you know making bass music and dubstep a little more palatable in certain ways i mean like if you think about even like isoxo like that could never have happened 10 years ago like yeah. in terms of his sonics like they are weirder than normal like it's 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 big room but it's not it's 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 like more in the lane of like G Jones than it is like in the lane of like Hoochie. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like Well, but like Trap had to become exhausted for ISO and the Sable Valley stuff to come from its ashes, you know? Absolutely. Because like literally like Kush and I talk about it all the time, like Trap got main stage, you got Flostradamus playing outdoor stage at Coachella, and then it's like you never see another trap act again in, in that capacity, other other than Arl Grime. It's like there's one figure in an entire <laughs> genre. And now it's coming back because yeah. it, it exhausted itself. People moved away from it. Now from it, you're getting kids who are going to be like, well, I'm going to apply like a new, you know, a, a approach to this. Yeah. And then that becomes the model that which everyone follows mm-hmm. after. Which I feel like is happening with like, you know, tear out and rhythm kind of. Like I still yeah. think there's an ecosystem there. But honestly, in terms of like frequency of like events that I think are more oriented towards like left field bass or like weirder bass music there's almost more of them now than there are like dubstep shows sometimes i feel like yeah mm-hmm. um i mean I maybe mean, i'm just even surprised by like how i mean valerie you're going to burning man so you could probably speak to this <laughs> but i'm really surprised at how strong the that wonky bass like the off-season burner crowd stuff is like yeah there's these groups i've just and artists i've never heard of but they're just they just do crazy numbers and it's because there is a culture and a lifestyle associated with the music more so even than just the individual tracks themselves, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a, if you hit a certain audience and kind of commit to it, I feel like that's when you can survive the wave of trends, right? It's like, there's always going to be a wave of like, people find out about Burning Man on Instagram and they're like, oh, we really want to go. And then all of them disappear. But there's still going to be people there that are like so connected to it. Yeah, for I sure. feel like that goes across <clears throat> all different subgenres. It's like, mm-hmm. you just got to, find the people, create like the experiences with them. And then the trend comes and goes. But I like that you were kind of like, I I like that you were a little shaken up by the Skrillex record because it's an interesting way. I don't know. I, I totally understand what you're saying because it's like, it's like you, you work on something and then example is like a friend of mine is one of the most amazing artists and he's been working on this like stripped down like VHS late night television kind of like 80s justice sound mm. and then the weekend came out with blinding lights and and after hours and he was like bro are you freaking kidding mm. me you know and then there's part of it where it's like well you know maybe this will be good for me in the long run you know because now this has opened this up to so many people who are right because then it's like the perspective you could take is well the exposure <laughs> is there people probably listening to the weekend or skrillex have never heard that sound before and they're like whoa this is really cool and then yeah. they find your sound and they're like well this is really cool too so but i was just digging on soundcloud yesterday and i just heard a ton of these like like you're saying these 
deeper dubstep tracks now where I'm like, oh, okay. This was not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. This happened like in the last six months. Yeah. So maybe so you're saying that like this is like kind of like the the byproduct of that that you were that you think that might be a net positive because the the pool has widened and there's more people or Yeah, I mean I I haven't even like really put out that much music this year. That was like very like I think there are times where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna buckle down and make a fucking anthem. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And not necessarily that I haven't done that this year, but I haven't tried to as much. I've been mm-hmm. just like making shit I like and kind of like in relax mode, honestly. And I think it's like working better in certain ways. And maybe that's just because of that energy of like, you know, just caring about my, my, my health, honestly, first. Yeah. Um, and what that means. But also I think honestly, just like Skrillex and Fortet, like dropping shit that sounds like, or is my music. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) um, like, I mean, their track lists in general, like that Sicaria, like Peekaboo, Skrillex back to back, they're dropping Mm -hmm. like, Kids like Torcha and like the kid is like he's got like two K on SoundCloud. You know what I mean? Like yeah, but it's like he's getting played out with like Skrillex and P. You know what I mean? Like hanging out in London. Like yeah, I don't know. like I think I think they're they're clearly listening to like what the underground like bass scene is doing, and like they're like yeah, you know what? This shit is banging. This is the new the new thing. You yeah. Know? It's a lot, of, but it's a lot of people who've been doing it for a long time. I think, like, it's been its own ecosystem forever, but now it's finally like, I mean, you see like Lab Group at EDC, you know what I mean, or like of the trees, like selling out Red Rocks in like mm-hmm. a day. Like, but how, would, you know, how are the biggest artists in the world, you know, going to stay on top? And that's like basically empowering I'm the next new, gen. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it starts this whole. I mean, look, like Tech House is still so healthy, and I think that blow up was like. I think if you really nail it down to peak, it was like losing it, like Fisher, oh, right? 100%, like yeah. that that was like, oh, tech tech house is now on the main stage. Baby. Yeah. And I remember for the longest time being into like Dirty Bird and Party Tech in college, especially. Yeah. And people weren't down, dude. Like people in college were like, <laughs> no, play the fucking chain smokers. W- play future. Where's Travis Scott? Like, yeah. I don't want to listen to this. Where did you go to college? Too weird. Yeah. Um, like Pitzer College, Pitzer. so Claremont. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Claremont. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, the party, that's a very, that's very SF of you to be playing the party tech, dirty bird stuff. <laughs> very, yeah, yeah. Exactly. very, like, a mezzanine. Yeah. So where did you find your sound? Like, when did you start figuring out that this kind of, like, left field bass was... I mean, honestly, there's a part of me that just thinks, like, all these cats in Europe who are making 140 and, like, drum and bass... I just think they got it. Like, I think there's something, mm-hmm. there's something magical about like, so, okay. I would, I would say I started off with this journey, honestly, because of Cohen sound. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I was just such a dork that neuro was like amazing to me. And like, mm-hmm. there's this forum called NeuroHop forum and so many different producers who are like, like, I think she was on it and all these other kids on upscale. So like frequent Hudson Lee, like, I don't, these are all like very like cutty names sort of, or if you've ever heard of like Alan Moore, uh-huh. The, not the writer. Uh, no, he's <laughs> not, it's not like A L O N M O R. But he would put up these like crazy cinematic like sound design like blow up songs on SoundCloud, and okay. they were like fucking crazy, but just like so like deep like mm-hmm. incel level like <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> levels of production. Like yeah. per, look, I'm not even close to that level now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And I think that was like my first foray into like hearing noise, yeah, you know, or like Ivy Lab. And I think that was like my like, oh shit, this is like a whole other world. You like burial? I, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. like for a sure. big one for 
produ- like producers in that it's like they have their burial moment yeah, like yeah, awakening yeah. and then I like, had oh. my burial moment more recently honestly oh, really? oddly it was like during the I was always like into burial but it wasn't it was like three or four songs that I was like oh these are really good mm-hmm. yeah but I think when I was in Hong Kong during the pandemic this is such a like tangent but <laughs> when I was in Hong Kong during the pandemic um I feel like because I moved back and lived with my dad for a while and it was just like I didn't I couldn't afford to I just started like touring and then COVID hit and I was like, mm. oh, I'm just going to go chill with my dad for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to go relax. <laughs> and I would walk around a lot and I feel like, you know, politically it's in this crazy place right now. Mm-hmm. And so the mood of the city is very like somber and like, mm. um, maybe it's a little different now. I don't know. But especially in the pandemic, it was so like spooky and like yeah. quiet and like, you know, it's, it's, it's just insane to see like these massive cyberpunk-esque like landscapes and just yeah. no one in it. Right. And I think... I listened to a lot of burial, like saw my AirPods walking around and it's so safe. Like like four in the morning, I'd just be like walking around and like really like taking it all in. Mm. Um, and even though it's not London, <laughs> you know, like what burial's inspired by, I feel like I really tapped into like, because there's also really like beautiful um, like nature in Hong Kong. And it's this weird like duality. Mm-hmm. I keep going back to duality, but like yeah. it's like industrial and like organic. And like I feel like... Um, this is such a huge tangent. I'm sorry. No, but no, the architecture <laughs> complements yeah. the the landscape. You know, yeah. Causeway Bay or like yeah, you know, yeah. I took like a ferry around the. It's, it's like, like eco like architecture. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like the, the, you walk into a mall. There's a massive tree in the middle. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, that that's also very feng shui. Or like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of like architectural. You know, there's a lot yeah. of thought behind all. I of it. love like seeing that duality. So like a lot of my music, I feel like I try to have like these organic, very musical soundscapes, and then like I don't know, like a neuro, like heavier drop, for example. Mm. Um, but yeah, inspired by a lot of like that side of the pond stuff, honestly, is where I eventually arrived just because like, I feel like the like done up sonics where like, I can hear that you're sending your own drums and shit. It just sounds so clean to me. And I feel like when things, um, are meticulously crafted and there's only a few of them, mm-hmm. it's like the sickest shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes with like, um, a lot of the more big room stuff, like you have to like push everything um where like every sound is kind of like it's kind of like in pop music when people go up to their head voice Mm. and they're like like just fucking wailing out like a great you know chorus you know um but i feel like the energy sometimes is not like i'm kind of like in like a tribe called quest you know what i mean or like like Mac Miller. It's like, it, it's yeah. like more flow and like swag than it is like, I'm going to fucking, let's fucking go. You yeah. know, which I, I definitely like, like moments like that during, yes. you know, when yeah. I play. But like, in general, I like the, I like the swaggy, like mm-hmm. deeper shit. And I feel like, I don't know, a lot of the, a lot of the, the Euros get it, unfortunately. I wish they didn't. You wish they Wait, didn't. Hate European that? people. Oh my God. Hot take. That's good. That, we're going to clip that one. Fucking colonizers. Well, I mean, I mean it's, that's not, see, that's a real, that's a real, that's a real uh, hot you're take really right definitely They're good at Hong music, Kong. though. Yeah. yeah, they're good at music. Especially when they're from Bristol, dude. What is going on? Like, I know. Well, yeah. that is the thing. I mean, we owe so much of electronic music. Uh, but just like a lot of great stuff to Europe and the UK especially though is just yeah. always on they're on it and then they never compromise from like the the it like I, I, they're really good at like maintaining restraint without like, like you're saying like going huge yeah like the American sure. thing is like huge is like the the result that's the that's goal always been American culture yeah that's my issue with the European okay so I love I love production level with European people 
no creativity. No mm. offense. No offense. Ah. But so much of drum and bass, same fucking logo, some fucking, <laughs> like, some ridiculous name. I'm like, your name is Angle or, like, Protractor. I'm like, dude, you're never, no one knows what this fucking means. And it's all, like, the most non-musical, technically perfect drum and bass I've ever heard. It's, like, yeah. loincloth, perfectly mixed down, like, wow, you spent three months in the song. And it is useless. <laughs> it doesn't tell me anything about you. Wow. There is no right. story at all. Right. Right. I will say that's one thing about Europe where it's weak. But like America, it's like it's almost like too much of like do your thing. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Well, it's we're like all main no characters. Yeah. Know? Everyone's yes. like, yeah, but I, I make this bad because I'm just cool. And this is like what I, this is experimental. It's just where you don't get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can always kind of be like, yeah. oh, you just don't get it. You just don't get but it. with yeah. Europe, it's like, hey, man. Here are these massive drum and bass label empires. If you don't, if this I feel like boomer guy, yeah, if rules. this boomer Definitely guy doesn't rules. like your shit, yeah. good luck. You know, yeah. you can't, you can't, you have there's to no earn their respect room. to yeah. enter into the halls of drum and bass. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's good. so true. That's good. I like that's a very nice take on that. Um, so I've come here to Americanize it, and make it terrible. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like to say it's like it's it's reverse colonization because yeah. I'm from Hong Kong. So <laughs> it's it's Hong Kong dubstep and drum and bass now. It's Hong Kong it's garage. You, know? you got to take really? it back. We actually, it's Hong Kong garage. We actually a garage first. Oh Cause, yeah, because Paradise Garage. Okay, like back in the day, like Juan Act, like the. The yeah. first, like, techno acts, like, Paradise Garage. That's where Garage came from. Uh-huh. And they fucking took it, and they're like, oh, UK Garage. It's like, no. <laughs> that shit's <laughs> ours. Damn, this is a little history We're taking right it here. back. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate That's cool. the I'm from Hong Kong, right and I'm here to rebuild the railroad <laughs> in the drum and bass. Someone's gotta be loud and proud about it. Oh, my <laughs> God. This dude is rebuilding the railroad. I love it. This is hot. I like it. Uh, you know, it's funny also that when we're on this subject, like, I don't know if you heard of the K-pop group, New jeans, yeah. Okay, I love Duh, them. Chad. Okay, well, <laughs> all right. Sorry. Who hasn't heard of new jeans? Okay, well, obviously the EP that they just—I feel like EP is just like a funny word to put on anything right now because like all the songs are like two minutes long. Mm-hmm. One of them's thirty seconds, which is hilarious. What? One of the songs is thirty seconds. It's like a <laughs> interlude, but like on a five-track EP, it's like hard to. Why do you have an interlude on a five-track EP? Yeah, sometimes you need a. Break. They gotta increase the track count Dude. to make it an they're EP. In, they're in their relaxed. It's because kids okay. are zoomers and they literally have the attention span of gold. Like we thought, our generation is yeah. bad HD. Oh, yeah. It's about to be get real crazy. Real really crazy. Bad. I mean, like they're ten second long attention. Yes. No, but um, I was just like I was skimming through it. You know that that EP was I think number one on Billboard or something. Yeah. Dude, like four of the songs sound like. Like old school PlayStation yes. One menu music yes. garage and and breaks, 100%. and then one of the songs is a Jersey Club like yes. reappropriation. Wait, it was there? Is there a track that's like straight up drum and bass? In it, for yes, one of them? I think I th- I don't know if it's like drum and bass tempo, but it it's like oh my, I was maybe so an, shocked. A- I walked into some random shop in like Santa Fe last week, and they're playing like a Korean girl singer drum and bass, and I was just like, what the You're fuck like, is where happening? Am I? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's that reverse colonization. You know, yeah, working no, in it's true. Right it, Go it, new G. But like culture is just, it's so interesting. Like I've said this to Val, you know, we're, we're getting to a point because culture, I believe this and a lot of people like Mark Fisher and, and uh, Adam Curtis, like a lot of people talk about culture being finite, you know, like there's only a certain amount of things that we can yeah. do at a certain point. 
and I just feel like we're getting to the point now where we've reached it. Like it, we flat, it's all, it's there. Yeah. So now we're just rearranging the parts. I think, I'll yeah. take a little bit of K-pop with oh, some yeah. of my Jersey Club and like a little bit of this like UK spice and okay, new, Powerpuff Girls yes. on the album cover <laughs> and boom, new jeans. I think we've not one. only reached it, but we're now recycling the reaching point, which oh, yeah. is yeah. why we're, we're cycling. Because it's yeah. always been cyclical, but right, now we're right. cycling even faster than we used to. But so. like even like them using Powerpuff Girls as the imagery is like the perfect cherry on top where it's like yeah. it had to be an ip that like people understood it's like manufacturing that long ago no that was but like new. now there's been the, i'm not even kidding there's been two powerpuff girls reboots now you know what i'm saying like we're at that point god really that's a lot yeah there's at least there was a movie and there's definitely a new series <laughs> that i'm sure none yeah. of us have watched mm-hmm. um but I'm nostalgic because we're like scared we're like, holy shit, the climate is exploding <laughs> yeah. before. Let's just And people's attention spans are so low that you can't really bank on trying something new. It's crazy because it's enough. like the more old and corny you kind of like if I made a Backstreet Boys edit right now, pop off. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah. the more you aim for that, like but I think it's kind of cute in a way. Like, no, I, I mean think... like there's nothing wrong about things being derivative and being I for hate it. <laughs> That's a, that's what I was getting at. This is what I was like going to ask you about. Takes. See, I was I was getting to something, <laughs> podcast host. So, like, I'm sure that part of your process and a lot of your peers or people that you look up to is trying to create the most generative, like, new mm. thing, like something that is completely devoid of any reference or. Can you yeah. speak on that? Well, okay. I don't think I'm quite that bleeding heart. No, I think but, when I was a little younger, maybe. Mm. But I think I've come into this being like, I want people to experience a level of uniqueness on top of something they're familiar with. So like format being 140 and drum and bass halftime, right? Something that already exists, but like a take on it that is maybe like, you know, not quite UK, not quite American. Uh-huh. Right. And honestly, there's only like a couple of cats I know who are like from Hong Kong making music. Right. And I'm like... Right. I'm just going to rep that. You know what I mean? Like, I want it to be like a unique approach. So it's like, I'm like lukewarm, experimental. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's a realistic way to look at it. Because I want people to like get into it. I don't want to be this like offensive. Like, I think, you know, there's a certain degree of like your willingness to be experimental is also based on your like disagreeableness. Mm -hmm. Like, how willing are you to go into a room and be like, Fuck all of you. Your music taste sucks. <laughs> Listen to fucking Aphex Twin right now. Yes. Listen to this shit. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm and, and and it's like it's like I don't I want to be like, hey guys, what's up? I do weirder shit, but let's get you into it. I'm gonna play yeah. some shit I like, which this is, is a comfy room of weird yeah, shit. Yeah, it's like I'm yeah. a I'm a flip a gun a song. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like he played a little like, pitbull uh flip. Hell yeah. Uh, you, yeah. Like, the hotel. universal uniter is like, Pitbull, I think. There's just certain things where I'm like, yeah, let's just fucking, we're, yeah. we're here to party. Well, and, and, and like, I think a lot of times, like, people get really scared of that. They're like, okay, I'm I'm experimental left field. Like, let yeah. me think about, like, the way that techno is and, like, be all done up and be like, okay, I'm not going to talk to anyone. I'm here, sit here in my shades. Right. Mm. And, like, barely move. And if you don't dance, like, you're bad bad at dancing <laughs> you're, you're bad at consuming dance for culture Damn. i'm like dude have you been to a hip-hop go to a hip-hop show they're not doing they're fucking up there being like one two three let's go like the same shit yeah. that like yeah. you know what i mean like but also you go to a hip-hop show and depending on what show it is like most people don't move until the headliner comes on that's also you know? true mm-hmm. that's so, very true and I, that was the thing i learned with rap shows and why we kind of moved we used to do a, more hip-hop shows and rap shows but like really kinda, under brownies Lemonade? yeah Wow. It actually started out as more hip hop 
And no way. Yeah. I had no idea about that. Yeah, that, that was kind of um, when Kush and Jose and the group started. Um, it was more like a mixture, but but very much more hip hop leaning. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just different. Like, I'm glad you, going back to what you're saying, I'm really glad that you mentioned this about artists wanting it on their terms, you know, but like playing to bigger audiences or whatever, because there's been a lot of discourse about this recently. And it, I think you'd be a good person to weigh in on it because you open for Slander at Mirage. I'm sure you're going to play some things that are a little maybe left of center, um, but it seems like you have a good understanding of the balance. But like there was this whole thing about EPROM, I think, playing direct support for Rez at, at Red Rocks. And he like did an EPROM set, didn't compromise. Mm. And I think there was like a very split conversation mm-hmm. about people being like what the fuck what is the, this? Yeah. like why do i need to be assaulted by this music when i'm just trying to like vibe <laughs> you know violent way to say well that. no because because <laughs> i do understand like 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 eprom is an artist like yeah. he's a real artist we've mm-hmm. booked him before he's a great artist but i you have like you're in that space there's a lot of probably teeny bopper res fans there's people probably a little plur life on 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 a bean on some molly or whatever and like they just weren't they're not I don't know if they're saying that they didn't sign up for that but like but kinda, it's there and it's that. very it's in a very peak you know very yeah so I'm just curious on like do you think that like the artist should be absolved of criticism if like it doesn't go over well or cuz that was the conversation is like well mm. you get you should let an artist do what they want but then i think yeah. there's a balance well okay you know? so i think when you do something like that right when you're eprom and you choose to be because i've seen a lot of eprom sets over the years and there's a range of like how danceable sander feels like he wants to be i feel like you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean yeah um and i'm assuming from that set and the reaction that he probably wasn't very dance floor mm-hmm. eprom that right. day and or I maybe think, like maybe he was for him, but for other yeah, people, it wasn't. Yeah, and I, I yeah. want to make sure I say well, that I think, too. I think he, know, I think he's very acutely aware of when he's making a song that people are going to go crazy to, and yeah. when it's a song that's going to make people be like, "I need to think about this," because there's definitely a lot of yeah. music he puts out that that's very cerebral, that isn't my favorite in terms of like if I'm going out and trying to go to a res show, like right, which, you're partying with your friends on a Friday night. I'm probably, you know what I mean. It's just like a certain yeah. mindset. I think a lot of people are going to be in, and I think. Um, I tend to be more uncompromising, I guess, but I don't feel like it's a compromise. It's, it's, you're, okay, this is so controversial, (laughs) but as a DJ, I'm honestly, part of me is down. Like I like, I like the idea of being the MC as well, which is why I think, you know, you, you, you get, you are in front of people or even when it's 360, people are looking at you, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I think it's because people are looking for like a conductor and I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's something very primal about wanting Mm-hmm. to be led and like somewhat ha- like that's why you go to yoga class that's why you don't watch yoga on fucking youtube why people necessarily go <laughs> why people go to church like, you just watch church videos on youtube mm-hmm. and, and people, people want to yeah and people do <laughs> people do people definitely do but i think like not that they should be absolved of criticism i think i think that he doesn't give a shit and like the, the fact that people are saying that is actually kind of good in a way because it means that he's doing his thing but i think when you're an artist like that or at least when i've had to play with acts like that are very different from me. I'm like, I'm gonna do my thing, and like maybe ten people here are gonna be like, "Holy shit! Like, what is this? I actually like this." And that's the kind of people I'm trying to win over. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that informs my Sonics the most because I'm like, in my opinion, an act like Monument, who also goes by like Emperor, he's like the drum bass producer, makes some of the most palatable, amazing music. He's not necessarily big, but he makes fucking like 
in terms of like sensibilities, I think his music could blow up if he just had like, I think it's a marketing issue. Mm. Like my whole take on the kind of shit I'm doing is it's not that left field at all. It's like late stage producer. Like if everyone produced, <laughs> I'm so opinionated. It's terrible. If everyone produced and got late stage with it and like just got way too into it, they'd be like, you know what? Yeah, halogenics fucking cracked. Like <laughs> noisia cracked. Like I, I love me some halogenics like, and uh, yeah. I, I guess my you know the, my take on it was that you know I'm never gonna I'm an artist advocate first. Yeah, but. You know, so I'm not going to ask the artist to compromise what they want to do. But then but you're doing a service. You are doing it. Like, that's right. the way I think about it. I'm and like, it's not, you're not the headliner. Either. You're not yeah. the, yeah. Oh, so, 100%. That's, so. that's, that's, I think, where it's a little different. Where it's, but like, I think that you can't be, like, he could still do it, but then mm-hmm. it's like, you're, there, there's going to be a conversation, yeah. right? Yeah. I think if he doesn't care that there's criticism being levied, then do your thing. You know right. what I mean? But I think if someone's like, don't tell me what to fucking play, like, or goes on Twitter and they're like, I'm fucking like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like fingers. it just starts like tw- Twitter fingers off with like the, the guy who's like shitting on him. Well, no, yeah. the, the like, thread was very much split 50 50. Yeah. Like, like artists should never, like, they should do what they want, blah, blah, blah. Like everything now, it's, it's that either. That makes sense side, though, right? Because it's know? like, that is how it is. 50 50 of the audience maybe is there for music and artists and supporting what you guys want to do. And the other half is like, it's Friday. I have worked all week. I need to have a good time and forget about all my problems. So their night is ruined when an artist is like, here's my crazy music that makes you feel things. (laughs) That's how I feel about, okay. So I feel like part of me, I for a long time was debating like moving towards like a live set and -hmm. just being like, because I I, I feel like I do have a range of stuff I, I like to do sometimes. But, if I really think about it lately, I've just been in such heavy DJ mode because I think there's a rhythm that people set into and that's what I'm fucking addicted to, right? Mm. Is like the dance floor element where everyone's locked in, but they're not like getting face melted, but they're all just like bouncing up the and flow. down. Yeah. And you can see this especially happens with like 140. Yeah. I'm so like pilled on this. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, a, <laughs> I'm like the pro, I'm like trying to like prophetize like. <laughs> <laughs> but there's this like fucking bounce when everyone it's not the headbanger like boom, boom yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah. it's specifically this like hip-hop like bounce yeah. that i see to like like if you watch any of the clips of skrillex playing like you know batters is literally just a deep dubstep song with like you know like there's so many songs that in my scene at least that i've heard that are similar you know and it just results in the craziest shit where everyone locks in and they're bouncing up and down. Mm-hmm. Yep. But people can still like talk and like vibe and like party and engage with each other. And that's what I love. It's yeah. like, I don't, I it's don't. like the best of both worlds. Yeah. It's yeah. like a seven instead of like a 10 in terms of like hardness. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that that's what I, or like an eight maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <I like that. laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's interesting because um, it, it, there's. The I, I it's hard to get a gauge on like where people are these days, you know, because I see a lot, saw a lot of like feedback on some of the hard summer sets, mm-hmm. and just like it, it's just I don't know. It's like the, the targets are just moving for how yeah. you're going to hit it. Well, I think you know? I think what I was saying, or at least like being that level of like dance floor where people lock in like that, I think that is like going to result in more people being happier than like, mm-hmm. let's say your EPROM right, and you did that set. I think, like, no matter what, you're you're choosing, you, there's, there's a knowledge there that you're going to piss people off. And you have to be, like, completely okay with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just not, um, personally, like, I want to, like, 
pull people in mm-hmm. and be like, hey, there's this cool thing over here. Check it out. Yeah. And I think sometimes when you're like, look at this. It's the coolest shit ever. <laughs> Don't you fucking agree? You better fucking agree right now. <laughs> Cue yeah. high ass frequencies going, yeah. like how fucking sick this is. It's like, yeah. that's like a lot of. Yeah, there might be a few people that are into it, but. Yeah. Well, that's, and it's not. great. It has to exist. It's all like yes. a. Yes. It's a, it's a range of well, that's a lot of the issues I feel like with brownies and lemonade. And I was mentioning this to you the other night. As we get bigger, there's less people that are that are patient enough for that, which mm-hmm. was a big part of the brownies and lemonade come up was the underground. There's no genre. There's no like clear understanding of what you're getting into. But as we've grown, as the audiences have changed, you have to be extremely deliberate about what is happening well because people like no matter what it is i think the brownies crowd is one of the best crowds i've played for personally Mm -hmm. because i think i think when you lock into a certain tempo and the dance floor is connected to you and you're just so there's like this like (laughs) it's like i don't know this is explicit but it's it's very like it's almost like sexual oddly where it's like you lock into each other you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i feel like when you're doing a live set sometimes no offense to my friends who do live sets like they're fucking phenomenal in terms of like effort and like audio visual like just all these things coming together but it's very like rehearsed right when you're djing Mm -hmm. it's like let's get this in the moment let's fucking like i'm gonna see what you're vibing with and i'm gonna throw this in or like tease little things yeah and like you can do that a live set but generally speaking if you have like time-coded visuals you're not doing that you're like sticking to your guns and like trying to nail the performance nailing this like and it's hard to lock in they're like watching a movie instead they're like And then suddenly they're like, whoa! And then they're back to like, you're appreciating the performance rather than involved. Yeah. What you're saying. Like, DJing is a very like involved. Yeah. Yeah. And more so, I want to be like your friend who's like, instead of like, I don't think I'm like, I'm honestly not like this like bleeding heart, like tried and true, like, I'm going to stand here on the like brink of art and tell you the next, you know what I mean? Like, I just am not, I don't have that level of pretension anymore. I'm like too old for that shit. I'm like, dude, I'm just going to sell you some Hong Kong dubstep. We're going to vibe out, smoke some weed, like, fuck it. I like that though, because I feel like from what you've said over this past hour or so, it sounds like that's exactly your approach, which allows people to join you and like be a fan of what you're doing. Because like, you're just like, I know my background, my influences, and it might be different from yours, but like, I want to share it with you. I want to welcome you in. And I feel like that's like a really, that's a powerful thing for people to associate with, even if they don't have any of the similarities to you. So I appreciate that. And then actually speaking of that, I do want to talk about your music because there is new music that just came out as yes. well. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Um, okay. So I just dropped the first single off of my dead BTP. Nice. Um, and it's kind of like, it's 140. But it's kind of got this like double time kind of garage feel to it. It's got like neuro sound design. Um, What's it called? Asura. Mm-hmm. It was, I was watching like One Piece. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, because when, when I listened to it, I was like, oh, there's definitely some influences here. So mm-hmm. One Piece was was part of that. Yeah, and I always use like in all of my music since I've been releasing since like 2018, like all of my beats have had like little kunai or like fucking like random like shirt. For those who don't know, can you explain what that means? Um a kunai is a type of like ninja weapon. Yeah. It's like a little dagger. Um most commonly seen in like Naruto. Mm-hmm. So I sample a lot of Naruto and like bleach and one yeah. piece. Like those three just yeah. like from my and I just like use little tags throughout. But specifically <laughs> this one I was like watching a Zoro episode and I was like fuck it. I'm just gonna yeah. Do it. Like, and you got the EP coming out soon. Shout out Deadbeats um, by the way. Yeah, shout out Deadbeats. Yeah. Like we love we love us some Deadbeats. Yeah. Um I know we were hanging out at the um 
the Valorant Brownies Lemonade event that we're shilling right now. On your shirt. shirt. Uh, <laughs> Miss uh, Brownies and Mr. Lemonade. It's <laughs> us in our matching shirts if you're watching. Cam counselors. Um, but uh, yeah, so anime and gaming, big part of your life? Um, not to as... To some degree. I would say anime more so. Gaming, I, wi- like, I wish I had... That's the thing about games is that they're just like huge time commitments now huge time so like oh, yeah. i can't yeah. be good at valorant it's yeah. never like no. i love the game i think mm-hmm. it's great but there's just no like i don't have grit to me anymore at 29 mm-hmm. i'm like you know what y'all take it like yeah. this fucking 12 year old <laughs> shooting me across the map within yeah. 0.3 seconds i'm like yeah. you know what probably 0.00 i was seconds. telling you about the Real tetris speaking. kids they've yeah, got yeah. the time the and the reflexes exactly. i'm like yeah. i'm like you know what i'm I'm a boomer. Yeah, you, you win, I just dude. Want to I'm relax. gonna go make beats. Like, <laughs> well, Val, you play you play games to wind down, right? I do, but I am so bad at shooting games. I am yeah. very much on the relax games again, relax mode. I was yeah. so big into Animal Crossing. See, but now now yeah. it's fun yeah. for you because relax games are so good in serotonin. Like, I so unfortunately good. love sweaty yeah. incel games, right. but I just can't. I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's just a tragedy because I'm like, I'm not going to yeah, give like, you the and time. And then you're like bad at it yeah, and then it like, makes me I'm feel not, bad. I'm not going to so give I'm... you the time. I'm not going to give you yeah. the time. I'm just like, I need to be good at Ableton and that's my priority. And Well, that is a game in itself. And yeah. It, yeah you go. have the sweaty incels on in that community too <laughs> so that you can deal with. Um, yeah, but so real. I'd want to ask you one last thing about, about anime. So it's like, being a big anime head, and I'm sure for, for it's been for a while, right? You've been into anime, like, yeah, mostly sure. your whole life. Yeah, I was like in high school, I like hit it from people because I was like, oh. yeah, because I would get roasted. They'd be like, well, oh, you're you like hentai, and I'm like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> okay. Well, I definitely saw hentai at that age. You know he, totally I mean? set, like, <laughs> he totally set me up perfectly for this, oh, so God. that's great. Oh, really? So, yeah. Okay. So, how, are you a little envious of kids growing up these days where, like, anime is just, like, the coolest oh, shit? are you kidding me? Do you know how great it is to be a Zoomer and be Asian right now? It's shit true. is different. Yeah. Shit is different. If you're a Japanese kid growing up in the Bay, that's, like, ritz. Yeah. That's, it's different. <laughs> you're like, when I was growing up, they were like, what the fuck is this bento, dude? Fuck this shit. You know what I mean? Damn. Now it's like, it's like, it's like, oh, you like anime? Like, that's so cool. And all these <laughs> girls are, like, Asian baiting. They're like, oh, like... <laughs> <laughs> streaming and shit like we were not cool at that age yeah. it was like it, I, I was not in wrong. high school Virginia they're like you're playing lacrosse to be like any semblance of cool otherwise yeah. like you're you literally assimilate. weird like nah you're, yeah. your eyes are I weird, definitely bro. I definitely hid the fact <laughs> that I played video games and anime I, I kinda, you get it yeah. you get it yeah. I hit it we literally hit it we're like oh my god I was playing League of Legends with the nerds being like Guys, don't, don't tell, tell people anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. your online friends only sort of thing. Right? Yeah. yeah. Or like I, honestly, kids at school, I'd be like, don't fucking tell anyone I'm playing League of Legends with you after school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to uninstall Counter Strike from my computer like sophomore year because I'm like, I just want to have a girlfriend one day. <laughs> you know? Because like you, like you're saying, See, I, I was I, choosing games over yeah. girls. Girls would be like, I like you. And I'm like, I'm literally playing a fucking League game right now. Games. Yeah. <laughs> so like, why do you think anime? Fi- like I obviously. There's just access now. But, like, why did everyone finally catch up and, like, this is the coolest shit? Like, what, what, did you notice a turning point or, like, what was the thing? Because, like, okay, for instance, you remember Joel's played that fucking Naruto edit the other oh, night. Yeah. And this guy was losing it. And the was whole stoked. crowd was going crazy. The crowd was going yeah. insane. Yeah. I mean, they were going insane because they all knew it. Yeah. It was just a good They knew all the lyrics in Japanese. In Japanese? Yes. Wow. People learn the We've lyrics come so to the far. Intro. That's what I mean. I mean, like the K-pop stars, like people are singing in Korean. Yeah, 
white people. So, so I'm wondering why is it because like I, you know when I said that everything's derivative and all this stuff and like all the IPs in America have been just like rebooted to death. Feels like anime is like one of the last things now that that's like, like people kind of like, new. Oh, let's uh let's uh do this uh, John Cho cowboy people. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, Did you wait, watch that? No, no, oh I my couldn't. God, I couldn't. dude, I wanted to cry. But so why why is anime having its like this huge moment, right? Or like why is it having the impact? You know, so this ties into the whole like I think bass music is gonna like get more left field too. It's like yeah. no matter what you do, you can't run from the truth. <laughs> oh, damn. it's like eventually people are gonna be like, okay, this is a cool narrative because for the longest time, like. I'd watch Naruto and my wife friends would be like, what the fuck is this? And the only people who were down with it were like my black like friends who were all on the basketball team. They'd be like, yo, like Naruto a badass. I'm like, yes, he is. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, what that's I mean? way and more like, ingrained in the culture though. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Most of my black friends were into fighting games or into, they're into anime. But yeah. That, have you seen the meme that's like fighting games and anime? Asian Asian guys, black guys, and they're like yeah. dapping each other up. Yeah. That's like Black Carl and I. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we literally play fighting games, talk about anime. Okay, all the time. really quick, let's talk about that real quick before you go. So you went on a tour with Black Carl called Rush Hour. Yes, and you went all over Fantastic. the country. Yes, and you went into some crazy cities. Yeah, picture a very large black man and myself <laughs> driving through North Dakota. <laughs> Dude, wow. <laughs> so tell us about just like one crazy story before you go from that tour. What was that like? Yeah. Um, okay, I got two weird ones. Okay, we're, okay. We're, yeah. okay. I just want to keep talking, guys. It's so funny. I know. We will have <laughs> to bring you back for part two. <laughs> um, okay, Omaha was kind of weird. There was like sixty mm. or seventy people to show total. Mm. Um, and Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. We drive out there, and. Before we go on, we're, like, outside smoking this joint. And, like, a bunch of, like, our fans from out there come up to us. And they're just, like, asking us very, like, racial questions. Oh. And I was looking at Carl and I was like, dude, I feel like we're minstrels right now. Like, I feel like something's going yeah. on here. Like, they're, like, we're, like, characters. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? yeah, we're, like, yeah. Ma- yeah. Um, And so that was, that what was, weird. that was a good you? show. But they were, like, this guy was very intent on explaining to me and Carl that he wasn't racist, even though we oh. never called him that and never said anything yeah. about it. He was like, bro, he's like, yeah, I'm actually, I'm super like, I love like black people and Asian people. And we're like, <laughs> wow, cool. That's an interesting way he's to He's like, he's like, so like, so like, what kind of Asian are you? What kind of like, what, what's your story? And like, was very, was very intrigued and in being mm. like, it was like very positively like, but it was so specific because it was like, why are you asking us this so intently? Yeah. If we weren't like so clearly black and Asian to you, mm-hmm. that wasn't as crazy. That was just like an interesting, you know, observation. <laughs> that yeah. that was the weirdest it got, honestly, which is saying a lot, despite, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like, yeah. all things considered. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's probably but, just lack of interaction as yeah. well. With, yeah. yeah. But straight up in West Virginia, after our show, like someone was firing shots like <gasps> on the block oh, and no. like. It, it got, it got, it got real weird. We like got in the car and like ducked. Like, and, we gotta go. And you said that people were like, oh, don't worry. They're just like shooting up in the air. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, this happens all the time. We're like, okay. You're like, okay. <laughs> okay, Sounds West good. Virginia. I'm going to go home now. <laughs> uh, it's, been, it's been real. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's amazing. It's cool. Well, hey, man, you're going to have a lot of stories to tell your kids who are going to be watching anime <laughs> and like doing crazy stuff with their neural link. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm a constant. I'm a, I'm a shit show held together with the glue that is marijuana, honestly. Wait, yeah. you kept it together you for this whole words, interview. You know? Thanks, I tried. That was awesome. Well, well, I missed the first one because I, I lost my bag in Santa Fe, so. Damn. Yeah, that's a, keep <laughs> that story for Life next time. Life comes at you fast, you know? Yeah. That was dope. Hey, well, thank you so much for coming by. Is there anything that we should, we got the EP coming up. Uh, by the air date, I don't know, but, you know, oh, it's coming um, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, October 6th. 
Oh. Yep. And yep. Um, there's a song on it called Wan Chai. So very Hong Kong dubstep. And it's with this MC who's um, also from Hong Kong, but he lives in Bristol. And he's like fully just got this like, he's got an amazing voice. So he's um, like the combo, like the ultimate combo. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. Hong Kong Vietnamese, so he's a mutt too. But oh, <laughs> wow. How'd you and, find and, this guy? Um, literally, I found him on Spotify and then I hit him up. So like, I really like Henry Wu, like the jazz musician. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he has his collab with him. And it's called Mongkok Madness. And he's just like going in about Hong Kong shit. But it's like on this beautiful like jazzy kind of beat. And I was wow. like, I need to like. So I followed him. And he follows me back. And I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> um, and we just like start talking. And that's yeah, awesome. And now we have the song. I wow. love it. Well, you know. So cool. This is, uh, this is just like a really fun, fun Very exploration fun. of a lot of things. So. So good. We're gonna we're gonna have a lot more to talk about next time. Yeah, I'm sure we didn't awesome. get to cover all of it, but thank you so much, Saka. Thank you so thank much, you. Jose, for uh, all the production work and uh, Icon Collective Music Production Boy. Shout out Yate as well.